Hello, my name is John O'Connell, and welcome to AMX Fika Leadership Podcast. So over these podcasts, I'll be speaking to some inspirational and innovative data and analytic contributors from across industry and the health and care sectors. I'll be asking each of them to share with us some of the exciting work they have underway, which is helping to shape the health and care analytics space, as well as asking some of them their motivational insights into their career paths to date. So why FICA? FICA is a social phenomenon in Sweden, I thought I'd borrow. It's a legitimate reason to set aside some really quality time to catch up with friends, family and colleagues over a coffee and a cake. So joining me today is Zach Pandor, Organisational Development Programme Manager at SCW. Zach is an OD specialist. He's also an executive coach and mentor, a former CIO and Director of IT Shared Services. He's also an IT, digital and data expert with over 30 years of experience. Welcome, Zach. Thank you very much. Good to be Great here. To Great to have you aboard. So, Zach, I believe you are the former Director of Information and Transformation for NHS Herefordshire and Herefordshire Council. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. yes. Great. And I also believe you established the first integrated healthcare and local government ICT service. Yeah, yeah. that was a great great piece of work, um, bringing together local authority and NHS into a single ICT function. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. So welcome, Zach. Really delighted to have you on AMX Fika. Uh, and most important thing is AMX Fika is all about sort of a coffee and a cake with, with friends. What were you a sort of coffee or tea person? And what's your favourite cake? Okay, so uh, definitely tea. Uh, good strong yep. cup. Two tea bags first thing in the morning to kind of wake me up. Yep. <laughs> and then perhaps a, perhaps a refreshing mint tea after dinner in the evening. Um, yeah. And uh, cake, cake wise is a really difficult one. Um, I have daughters who love baking and are very good at it. So I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll go with a cheesecake from my youngest daughter and raspberry white chocolate cake from my eldest daughter. My son makes a good apple crumble, so I'll go with his apple crumble. And my wife makes lovely Indian desserts. <laughs> so anything with milk. So in the balance, in the interest of kind of balance and equity, I like all there of the above, but don't, but don't have a favourite one. <laughs> Brilliant. Great answer. Thanks for sharing that, Zach. So though, really good good to have you on board. And, and Zach, it'd be really great for what we always start off with our listeners is just to sort of talk a bit about their career journey to date. And, you know, as we mentioned, people end up where they are today and, the, and journeys are not, not always linear as such. It'd be really great with us if you were able to share with our listeners sort of your career journey to date uh, and uh, along the way, anything that you've picked up of interest that you want to share with our listeners would be really helpful. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'd love, love to do that. So uh, going back to early 90s, I came out of university with a uh, degree in computing and economics. Um, if I recall, it was around the time when we had a, a pretty bad recession on. So I remember applying for various kind of graduate programs for Microsoft and, and RBM and kind of all the big the big programs and the big companies there. And they kind of put their programs on pause uh, just because the economy wasn't doing as well as expected. So it was it was it was a bit of a tough time. Then I saw something in one of the newspapers. We we had newspapers and that's how we looked for jobs in those in those days um, uh, about a an, an NHS graduate management scheme. Um, sponsored by the uh, West Midlands Regional Health Authority, as it was at the time. Uh, so I thought, okay, that, that looks interesting. I did a bit of uh, health economics in my in my economics degree, um, so I applied for it. Uh, went to you know the assessment centre and uh, and got offered a, a place at the Birmingham Children's Hospital for a year, and uh, a place on the MSc Managing Information in Health Organisations at University of Manchester. So um, that was that was really exciting. Um, my first foray into uh, into the health service, um, and you know continuing development and uh, as well. And and I think that's that's been some. Thing that's kind of been key and pivotal you know uh pretty much since i left university 
university have just continued doing some sort of professional personal development. And, that, and that's really important, both for your progressing for yourself, but, you know, things change, there are new things, there are new ideas, you're exposed to new thought, uh, working with different people, um, and, and that kind of keeping your development current and ongoing is really, really important. Um, so I did that for um, uh, a, a year, um, and that was great fun. And then uh, got a role in a mental health learning disabilities trust in Gloucestershire, um as an information uh, officer and this was the day these were the days when um things like kerner returns uh, were really important um uh, there was lots of paper we had very few electronic systems it was mostly kind of paper and spreadsheets and most of the information was going kind to of use for contracting purposes um very limited uh, kind of intelligence and analysis being drawn out from the data that we had it was pretty basic data um we had a small team, and uh, we used to use a program called uh, Lotus One Two Three, uh, and and some people may remember that, some people may may not. Um, and it was a an MS DOS version. Uh, so this was pre Windows of, of of this particular spreadsheet application. And uh, I was looking through our drawers one day, and I came across um, a, a box of small disks, um, three and a half inch disks, and it said uh, Lotus One Two Three for Windows. I thought, oh, this looks interesting. So um, I, I started loading Lotus One Two Three for Windows on my machine, and about um, eight disks later, I had this wonderful Windows-based spreadsheet program on my computer. So I invited my team around to show them this uh, Windows version of the spreadsheet program that we've been using. And they were absolutely fascinated and amazed at you know such technology that we actually had a Windows version of a spreadsheet program rather than using the old DOS version. So that kind of dates me, but it's just quite um, uh, you know interesting looking back at that at, at that time now and thinking, well, that, you know, we we were excited at um, uh, a program that used a mouse uh, uh, and a pointer and, and and could do various things. So that was that was great. So six months into that role, my supervisor um, decided she wanted to retire, uh, which was very very good for her. But then um, the uh, head of the department came to me saying, no, well, "Zach, you've been around for for six months. Can you can you you know just manage the team for a bit?" I said, "Well, that's fine, but I've you know I've only just been here for six months and I've never done any kind of." management so um I'll, I'll give it a go so you know not afraid to give it a go even though i'm not quite sure uh what i'm doing i'm not sure if i'm going to be any good at it um, you let yourself in for <laughs> yeah yeah and i suppose that's another lesson that you know that, that if you get presented with an opportunity you know you know don't don't think well how the hell am i going to do this well you well you do think how the hell are you going to do this because it's a natural thought but you know they've they've come to you for a good reason they've come to you because they've got confidence in you so, so you need to have some confidence in yourself as well um i said that's that's great if there's any help and support that you can give me whilst doing this new role that'd be great we had an internal kind of first line supervisory management program and that i enrolled for um, pathways to, to management or pathways to leadership or something it was called um so that was you know again that was a bit of personal development uh, uh, which i thought was, was, was great so i was there for about three and a half or four years and there an opportunity came up um uh, for um uh, to work abroad um in the middle east and i thought okay this this looks interesting i was quite fortunate in that my personal circumstances i had quite a young family so nobody would kind of sort of school age so i thought i could i could afford to perhaps move out and explore a little bit um so the opportunity came up and i went for it and got invited to, to london for an interview and um and it ended up getting getting the role overseas and it was working in, in a military hospital in in, right. in the middle east and it was it was really good because it was kind of setting up an information department from scratch so they didn't really have 
the concept of management information information department. So so it was setting something up from from a new thought, which I thought was quite quite good and quite exciting and would be good kind of learning and development for me. So uh, pulled together a small team of people managing systems and, and people doing kind of basic reporting. And, and I kind of worked with you know the, the senior management there, saying you know what what information would be useful. Uh, did manage to have some conversation with the clinicians there as well. That's where I first got into you know information can be used not just for you know counting widgets, but actually maybe have some use for some clinical purposes as well. Um, so I started having discussions with um, clinical colleagues and saying, well, wouldn't it be good to know, for example, you know how much uh, resource. Uh, uh, and clinical resource we spend uh, uh, on a particular patient episode. So we took downloads from the pathology system and the pharmacy system and the radiology system and kind of stitched them all together because they're all three separate systems and came up with like a, our own version of a case mix system, so trying to kind of cost uh, episodes of, of, of care and, and seeing, you know, what's, why is it that, you know, surgeon X uh, always tends to use, you know, 20% more um, pathology tests than, than surgeon Y. I just kind of get into asking some of those questions. And, and you know, this was kind of uh, groundbreaking stuff, although it's kind of, you know, quite old hat at them now, but it's kind of groundbreaking stuff then um, about trying to understand why there is some sort of, you know, variation in treatment. And often, there, you know, there, there, there are reasons for that. Um, so that was um, great. And that took me to just before the year 2000. And then, and, and then the whole world realized that um, life as we know it uh, is going to fall apart uh, when the clocks yeah. move from yeah. 1999 to 2000. And if you don't change all of our systems, you know, elevators will stop, planes will fall out of the sky, and, 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 and you know, things, things are going to go awry. So, so we need to do something. So the, the management in its wisdom thought, right, we've got, we've got some old systems, we need to replace them with new systems because old systems won't work. So um, I then got moved from information, and pretty much all of us got moved into, you know, project management, trying to implement a new batch of uh, systems for the hospital, um, to make sure that uh, things could continue into into the new millennium, and um, that all worked out reasonably reasonably well. We moved uh, from an old an old version of Cerner to a, to a system called Oasis, and uh, but we had to keep the old data. Um, so so we didn't have any mechanism to kind of you know import all the old data, uh, and and the, the previous system you know had all you know a good few years worth of data in there. So somebody um, had the bright idea of what we should do is whoever's on operational duty and uh, at late night on, on, on a particular night needs to make sure the clock in the old system never moves over to the 1st of January 2000. And therefore, one of the, the jobs we built into our daily operations was to make sure it stayed on the 31st of December 1999 forever in a day, just so we could access the historic information. Um, so that was built into the daily oper operations schedule. So um, that's how we managed to keep the old data. Um, I, I'm, I'm presuming that's no longer uh, needed. And then they've moved on since then, but I, I'm, I'm not quite that's sure. Absolutely, absolutely. So that was good. But it's but it, you know so that so it's important to you know to to know what you can do with legacy data because there could be something for you know for governance purposes that you might need to keep. So we we, we had to, we had to keep that. Um, and I was there um, for another couple of years, and then uh, again, you know, colleagues may may recall the national program for IT. Uh, which was kind of kicking off uh, here back in the UK, and I was when I had an eye to so at some point I'll, I'll come back to the UK, come back home, uh, and 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 kind of pick up my career there. And I thought, well, National Program Variety, this seems to be a bit of an interest and uh, and a bit of a promotion and some investment going into some technology in, in the NHS. So it seems an exciting time uh, to kind of to, to, to kind of go back. So uh, took a uh, uh, the decision to kind of move move, move back home. 
Um, and then I went to, into an EPR program manager role in, in Herefordshire. That's when I first started in Herefordshire. This was kind of early, early 2000s. And um, th- I mean, NPFIT, tons have been written about that. So I've, I've kind of no, no, no desire to kind of go, go over that. Whole, <laughs> but, it, but it was an exciting time at the time. And, and I, 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 the reason I think it was exciting is every time um, the, the, you know, the government or, or you know, the, the kind of the powers at the, at the NHS executive level think, Digital's the way forward. You know, people like me who who have a vested interest thinking, oh, great, there's a bit of bit of interest in 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 uh, you know in focusing on something digital and, and doing something useful. So it's got to be a good thing. And and then the number of times we've kind of our hopes have been raised, and then unfortunately, you know, things don't quite work out as as planned, and and people get disappointed and disappointed, and we kind of then go back into backwaters and just look after our boxes and our wires until the next shiny thing comes along and the next the next initiative comes along. Um, we, but we did, you know, we did some good things there. So PAX, I think, was a really good thing we did there across across uh, Herefordshire and across the NHS. You know, moving things like uh, radiology into into the digital space, and that, that's moved leaps and bounds. And nobody's ever thinking they're going to go back to kind of uh, wet film technology now. Um, so it, it did it did some things, but but there, there are lots of challenges there as well. Not least because um, hearts and minds of a lot of people weren't really in the program, and it was very much it's kind of a top down program. So there's a there's a lesson there in how you engage people not just in the technology but actually in how the technology uh, uh, is going to be used how it's going to work for people what it means for people's working lives and i think that level of engagement just you know just wasn't there it was just it was a program with lots of investment but the people elements of it was kind of slightly slightly overlooked in my in my view um so that was that and then in, in herefordshire we um were, were always quite well aligned um as a set of kind of public sector organisations, um, uh, it was a unitary council, and uh, we had one uh, as it was then kind of uh, PCG and then PCT or health authorities before that, and uh, and a single acute trust uh, as well. And uh, the organisations, you know, had a very strong sense of place, um, and therefore uh, we did some exciting work around. Um, single executive teams, single management teams across uh, the various public sector organisations. And that's where the kind of the joint role of, of Director of Information and Transformation across the local authority and the, the NHS kind of came into fruition. So for a while, um, uh, I managed the, the NHS team and the, the local authority IT team as kind of separate entities, but then it became kind of blindingly obvious that it's no point having two IT teams serving the same population. We need, we need to think about how can we provide value for, uh, for for what we're doing for the people of Herefordshire uh, and, and bring the organisations together. And that, that was full of challenges, but really, really exciting, bringing together kind of two uh, d- disparate teams into a single, really effective organisation um, and, and getting the best from uh, from both. And, and uh, you know, we, we had examples where, for example, we'd have a school nurse going into a school using, you know, a computer with its own network back to the NHS. Um, and then, you know, we had obviously the, the school on a separate network for all its education stuff, so thinking about, well, you know, why can't we have one public sector network rather than two wires and paying two separate supplies and kind of rationalise all of that? And and what we found is when you when you ask, you know, technical people to solve a technical challenge, that they'll put aside their differences and they'll work to give you a solution. And, and, and that's that's exactly what we did. So it was great, you know, testament to, to the teams there come in and working together and, and, and thinking, you know, that for the for the benefit of the people of Herefordshire, for the benefit of the public sector purse, what can we do things that are more more efficient, even though we may be from different organisations. So there's a great team there. 
Um, and, and that kind of joint working has continued to this day, even though I've, I left it a while ago. Ahead of its time, by the sounds of it. It was very, yeah. very much ahead of its time. So, so you know, a lot of things were built on the back of that in terms of place-based partnerships and those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, uh, yeah, a, 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 you know, a really good time to be there um, and looking at, you know, how we as a, as a set of public sector organisations can work to serve, you know, the population as a, as a whole. And, and, and kind of some of the things we see now around ICSs uh, and some of the collaboration we see now, you know, do 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 kind of uh, are reflected in some of the work we did then. So that was took me to about 2010, perhaps a bit before that. Um, and then an opportunity came uh, in Gloucestershire to manage the IT shared services there. Um, and that's where I spent probably about uh, eight or nine years managing the IT shared service. Um, and then I've been doing kind of various digital roles then for you know the best part of three decades. Thoroughly enjoyed what I was doing. But, but the, 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 the most interesting bits for me in all of those roles were the, were the people elements and, and, and bringing people together, getting people to work on things, getting people motivated, getting people excited um, and, and developing people. Um, and I thought, OK, if, 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 um, if I want to do something else, it needs to be something which I think I'm going to be reasonably good at and something which I enjoy. And, and so the world of kind of organizational development, people development, it's something I'd started taking an interest in. I thought, okay, if 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 I want to do, if my career is still going to last another 20, 30 years and I don't want to be doing this for the next 20 or 30 years, then what else could I do that, as I said, I might enjoy and I might be reasonably uh, okay at. Uh, so organisational development appealed to me. Um, I asked my organisation to support me on some organisational development training, which they very kindly did. This was at Gloucester Hospitals Trust. Um, and then uh, was seconded into the internal organisational development team until I saw this opportunity at uh, uh, South Central West, and and I've been here since then doing doing various OD work. So, um, yeah, a kind of a varied uh, career. Thoroughly enjoyed uh, doing all the the digital stuff, and then took a conscious decision to you know to do something you know slightly different. A couple of years ago, almost kind of starting you know back at the bottom as it were, retraining uh, and doing something different. And, and I've, I've been doing this in almost two years and enjoying it thoroughly with all that context as well that which is fantastic no oh thanks very much like for sharing that that fascinating journey with us it's really, really amazing to sort of hear and, and and from that you know it's clear to see you, you during your time that you obviously seen a lot of change on your journey um and be interesting for our listeners what's been kind of your best sort of go-to resources that have helped you along the way on that journey so people i think going to people and 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 that could be um kind of senior uh, uh, managers, not necessarily always senior, but, but but people who have a vision for wanting how things could be different, uh, and kind of then you know buying into that into that vision. So so somebody who is able to inspire, and somebody who you can kind of aspire to say, yeah, that this this person has got a vision, or this senior team has got a vision of how things could be, um, and 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 you can you know you know you buy into that, and then you put your heart and soul into in, into delivering in, in, into achieving achieving that. So having you know, people that have that vision, having mentors that can help you as an individual, um, uh, kind of reflect on your own development and your own learning, um, and kind of somebody who is able to ground you uh, uh, in 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 what you're doing, somebody's able to reflect back to you some of the the, the obstacles and the challenges that you're facing. Um, so, so people who can help you along the way, I've always been an inspiration. Um, you know, has, has really helped me um, in, in in my career journey. Uh, people who can give you time, um, and yeah. you'd be surprised. You know, when you when you go to, you, you might think yourself kind of a junior, junior person, 
and you think, well, I don't really approach somebody because they're the, the chief executive or they're over executive and they haven't got time. Um, you'll be surprised when you when you go to people to ask for help. You know, 99 times out of 100, you know, the, the door will be open. Yes, people are busy, but but you know, most people will find time for for you and for your and to help you in your personal development journey. So so kind of don't be afraid. Um, yep. to, to approach people, don't be afraid of building relationships and networks, those those, yep. those will help you. And I'm still in touch with some of the people that I've been working with, and I've worked with in the past kind of 15, 15 20 years, and, and it's, I'll still go to them, um, you know, I'll still follow them on, on, on the various social media and, 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 and be in touch with them. So yeah, never be afraid. That's great advice. So thanks for that. Well, and on the, on the sort of flip side of that as well, you know, what's been your kind of greatest obstacles and how have you overcome those as well? Yeah, good question. So, so kind of, Two perspectives on this: because there's got practical obstacles and kind of personal obstacles. Or obstacles. So, practical obstacles. Um, uh, but budget was always a, always an issue in getting getting money for what you wanted to do. Uh, IT was traditionally seen as an expense rather than an investment, and IT was often sometimes you know still as part of a finance portfolio. Um, so, so you kind of you, know, you need to overcome that on on a big focus on benefits and not just on the, on the stats but also on the stories as well, making sure you appeal to to the head and the heart to make sure you have you know the qualitative as well as the quantitative. Um, other practical obstacles, you know, capacity and skills, getting enough people with the right skills to help you deliver what you want to deliver. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of demand for digital professionals across lots of different sectors. Um, and, and the NHS, you know, it can't compete financially. Um, uh, that, that's always a challenge. So getting hold of people. I'm a big supporter of shared services and shared resources. So, you know, if you've got um, skills sharing them across organisations rather than particularly NHS and public sector organisations, you know, competing for the same resource and trying to kind of do and outbid each other. I think that doesn't really uh, help individuals. Uh, individual organizations it may help individuals in terms of you know the salaries that it can attract but you know collaborating rather than competing all between organizations using shared services i think is, is always a better option for public services um other practical obstacles you know systems maturity you'll you'll get sold a system then you realize it can't talk to it with anything else and it's not designed with the user in mind um so it's great to see things like um, you know new disciplines like user-centered design and, and kind of the more agile methodology now being a bit more prominent where you're able to kind of build something which which is more in tune with um uh, with what the users need so those are some of the practical obstacles some of the kind of the personal obstacles you know i've i've, I've always said my uh, you know your, my line manager has always been my 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 biggest strength or my biggest weakness um so you know most of the time pretty much all of the time i've had really good manage, good line managers um support with your personal development providing the right balance between support and, and challenge when you need it um and, and that, that really helps you um so on very very few occasions you know, I've I've uh, I've had issues where you know that balance of support and challenge hasn't been right. But then you know, don't, don't dwell on it, uh, don't resent it, let it don't let it affect you too much. You learn from it and, and kind of move on to the next step. You know, so so don't don't kind of try to let it get you down and define you as as uh, you know put it down as as one bad experience. Um, but on the whole, um, you know, most people will will support you in that personal development. Oh, thank you for sharing that. It's fascinating. And. On the other side as well, we, we were talking about earlier, you mentioned you did a lot of work and you're working currently, I think, with Health Education England on the Digital Readiness Programme as well. Mm-hmm. And for our listeners, would you talk, talk a bit about the uh, DDAP project? Because I think it's really you know interesting area and what it kind of means to people going forward. That's sure. Really good work. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So Health Education England have got quite a large scale digital readiness programme, which they're doing in conjunction with NHSX. And that's looking at digital skills across the whole of the workforce uh, in an increasingly kind of digitally delivered and designed health and care service so, so it's a really important component of skills and capabilities that everybody working in health and care is going to need uh, the piece uh, uh, i'm working on as part of that program 
is uh, looking at the uh, Digital Data and Technology, or DDAT for short, uh, Professional uh, Occupational Framework. Um, it's published by the, the Cabinet Office. Um, it's used in many organisations across uh, central central government uh, and quite well used, less well used across um, health and care. Um, but it's an occupational framework. It's a role-based occupational framework. It has a number of job families. So there's a data job family, there's a technical job family, um, there's a product job family, there's a user-centred design job family, and so there's six or seven job families. Within that are various roles, and within those roles are various levels, and and and, and there are descriptors of what those what those roles and what those levels do in that job family. And it's great for individuals who you know want some structure to their career path. It's great for organisations that are looking to design services on a standard framework. Um, it's you know there's a lot of talk around professionalism in the in the digital space, so it's a good kind of foundation to build that professionalism on. It links in with other pathways like the Sophia pathways that you know used by by British Computer Society and others as well. Um, so it's you know it, it's it's a it's a foundation kind of building block to help uh, uh, define uh, a set of roles. Um, and a set of uh, job families that then individuals and organisations can use to plan their own, either their own career or their own personal development or understand what gaps they've got on their service. So the piece of work that I'm working on is taking that, seeing whether um, it will fit within a health and care setting. So it's got some job families, uh, but other things like uh, you know clinical coding, for instance, uh, or, or health records management, you know, aren't part of that's working out what gaps there are and how we can plug those gaps and then raising the awareness of that uh, across health and care with a view to it being you know used as a, a kind of a, a standard set of of uh, role descriptors and job roles um, across health and care to build on uh, things like uh, career paths competencies um, uh, professional development um, and registration uh, as well so we're in we're in the early stages and um, you know we've got a a, a lot of um, uh, support at national level and we'll be looking to raise the awareness of that uh, across NHS uh, and care organisations as well. Um, it's, been, it's been challenging trying to, to, to get it on people's agenda uh, in the past uh, kind of 18 months with everything going on with COVID and stuff um, but, uh, but, but now as we you know start to focus on other areas other than just pandemics you know we'll, we'll look to see well what can we do even more to build the digital capabilities of our, of our workforce to, to deliver um, you know, a health and care system that more than ever is going to be dependent on on digital technologies and digital digital skills. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. Fascinating, isn't it? It's good to sort of check that website and have a look at that. But um, and Zach, finally, you know, what do you do outside of your passion for making a positive impact for healthcare outcomes? How do you, how do you relax? Um, so how do I relax? So um, uh, exercising and keeping fit, if that if that's relaxation, but I, I find I find yep. it relaxing. Um, I love I love walking. Um, I've, I've I've walked the Sahara Desert. Wow. Um, I've walked the Rockies. I've walked the Atlas Mountains. <laughs> I've walked the jungles of, of Malaysia. <laughs> so I've done all sorts of walking. So I love I love doing that. I've got I've got, probably got a list of, of of a dozen or so places that I that I like to do in my in my life. Um, good, good uh, so, so, so yeah, absolutely, and it's 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 great being outdoors. And and one of the things. Um, I'm really looking forward to when things start opening up. Is spending, you know, more time <laughs> outdoors, uh, and I'm sure all of us, all, all of us are as well. So, yeah. Uh, uh, other than um, eating all the desserts um, that my wife and my children make, um, getting out, walking, exercising, badminton. We've, we've literally just from last week started playing badminton again. We've got a group, and that that had to kind of put our our activities on over the past year and a half. But we're now we're now back in the local leisure centre and, and, and playing again. And that, that, that's great to be back as well. 
Oh, fantastic. Zach, it's been really great speaking. Uh, no, thanks for running through. I mean, it's just, just reflecting what you're just saying. You know, it was good to have that retro sort of snapshot about newspapers, MS DOPS, uh, floppy disks, and Lotus 1, 2, 3 taking us back, which is fantastic. And I remember them fondly myself. Um, great to hear about what you mentioned, which is really good about the importance of professional de you know, development, you know, and keeping current. You know, it's a really, really strong message to all of us. I think really, really good. And as you mentioned as well, grabbing opportunities as they come up, but be confident in yourself, I think, which I heard mm -hmm. coming through that, you know, people won't put these opportunities in front of you unless they think that you, you've got the, the capabilities so be confident and grab them but i liked as well what you said about you know the most important thing is obviously the people uh, the element which really interests you and that ability that you know you may have the best analytics or the best it system but you need to bring the hearts and minds and people on board with you so change i think i suppose in summary it's probably change requires maturity or i suppose you know different disciplines you know it and technical can be ahead in their maturity and thinking and then it has to wait for other parts of say the nhs and organizations to catch up so that was a really really good thing to hear about and then finally i think as you mentioned was it at the ddap work that's going on so that's evolving we'll, we'll get you back on again and hear about, yeah, absolutely. More, more about that yeah absolutely and, and it's interesting because i kind of moved out of the digital world and into the od world and but some of the work i'm doing in the od world is looking back at the digital yeah. skills and developing people so it, it kind of links yeah. in it's all, that, all towards that circular economy yeah, indeed indeed yeah. absolutely yeah absolutely yeah. And, and and you know there, there there's a lot of people stuff in technology um yeah. more, more, more than sometimes we can recognize Lots more, yeah, that's great. And how can people follow you, um, Zach? Uh, LinkedIn is probably where I'm most active, not that I'm particularly active, but probably most active in in, in terms of uh, 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 social media posts and things like that. Um, so, yeah, by all means, find me on LinkedIn. Um, no worries. Get the link on the site as well. But no, yeah. thanks, Zach. It's great to have you on board. Thank, thank you. you, John. Have a good day. So I'd like to thank our speaker for joining us today and for everybody else tuning in to this podcast. Uh, look forward to seeing you in the future.